We just announced phase two of our Blueprint series, this time dedicated to the CMOs, helping you hit your revenue goals and to become a more confident CMO. To hit your revenue goals and to get your SaaS business to 100 million ARR, you need to be inspired to think differently, get actionable insights into what the world's best are doing to stay ahead of the game and connect with other scale-up CMOs. We're bringing together CMOs from Whereby, TripActions, Talent, HubSpot, Drift, Hopin, Envision, and more on the 30th of March for a four-hour virtual event online, and there's only space for 150 CMOs. There'll be actionable agenda of content where we're giving you the blueprint to be a successful SaaS CMO, the opportunity to network with your peers, and the opportunity to be part of an ongoing community. To grab one of the 150 places, go to sasdoc.com forward slash blueprint hyphen CMO. If you're one of the world's nearly 1 billion spreadsheet users, you're likely familiar with the time consuming effort that goes into formatting, emailing, and sharing your spreadsheets. That's exactly why Grid is here to help. Grid is a no code web tool that transforms your important spreadsheet data into compelling visual narratives and interactive web documents. If you use spreadsheets to construct complex growth models, revenue projections, or strategic analysis, Grid will give you your work that wow factor. Grid lets your team interact with your spreadsheet models, compare scenarios, and share them securely in minutes. With Grid, you'll never email another spreadsheet again. Sign up for free at www.grid.is. That's G-R-I-D dot I-S. People say that there are two things that uh, are needed for a product-led strategy, a product-led growth strategy. One is that yes, there is inherently something in the product that makes uh, users show it to or introduce it to others. And secondly, that there is a, a big market. And you know, talking about big markets, there aren't a lot of markets bigger than the spreadsheet market with about billion users of spreadsheets uh, in the world already. So we are going for product-led growth for this initial stage where a lot of it happens through self-service. We're obviously relying on uh, tools like uh, online marketing, uh, search engine optimization and, and marketing as well. But more to kind of see the, the, the flywheel. We are, we're already seeing and kind of trying to optimize obviously for the behaviors that will put the multiplier on all of the top of funnel work that we, that we do. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, Hjalma Gislason, CEO of Grid. Welcome, Hjalma. Thank you. Uh, good to good to have you here. I was uh, we were just sort of uh, discussing, but I, I was uh, how was I on the pr- pronunciation of your name? Yeah, so uh, Hjalma Gislason, you, you were pretty close. And uh, you uh, and uh, where's where's the name coming from? Where where are you based? So uh, the name is is uh, Icelandic. Uh, that's where I'm uh, from, and that's where I'm, I'm based uh, at the moment, and uh, that's where the grid team is, uh, and where we're building out our, our business from. Given that you're in Iceland, there's uh, impending uh, volca- volcanic eruptions uh, are coming soon. Yeah, uh, so they say. So uh, we've been uh, well watching developments there. Uh, the Earth has been uh, shaking quite a bit for the last two weeks or so. Uh, and the uh, the uh, scientists are are looking closely at it. From what we hear, the magma is kind of breaking breaking up through the ground about fifteen to twenty kilometers uh, out of town. But you know, not, nothing that should be uh, you know that anybody sh- anybody should be in danger from it. Not even infrastructure in the in the area. So uh, we should be good. I, I heard, was it something like fifteen to twenty thousand earthquakes, or does that feel a bit too high? 
No, I, I think that was last week. So I think we're up to almost 40,000 now. So <laughs> I, woke, I woke up twice last, uh, last night uh, alone from uh, fairly big earthquakes. So, uh, but it, it's funny, you even get used to that. I mean, we, we, I mean, this being a volcanic island, we felt a few earthquakes in our life, but lives, but I've felt more in the last two weeks than I've felt in my entire lifetime before. Well, well, certainly 40,000 in a couple of weeks is, uh, uh, is a lot, but uh, I, I guess perhaps you, you start to ignore them uh, if, if they're coming across so, uh, so frequently. Inc incredibly, yes. You seem to be uh, able to get used to pretty much everything. Um, and, and so tell us a little bit, uh, uh, we, we've, sp we've spoken about uh, uh, vol volcanoes and, and earthquakes, but let's speak a little bit about your, your, yourself. And um, um, yeah, I mean, who, who is uh, Hjalmar Giz Gislason? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, actually, uh, I'm actually raised in the countryside here in Iceland, so I grew up on a farm, um, but my dad was the, the computer guy at the, at, the, uh, uh, at the agricultural university in the area. So I grew up uh, around computers and with computers in my life from, from day one, uh, started programming at a very early age and kind of gravitated towards that. Uh, relatively quickly, uh, you know, and then as kind of, you know, as I as became a teenager, uh, uh, programmed a, a few computer games, uh, you know, uh, managed to sell a couple of copies of, of some of them and so on. And kind of uh, that, that kind of got me. So I've, I've been starting companies more or less my whole life. Grit is my fifth as a founder. Uh, and uh, they've kind of, you know, in the last 12 years or so, I've, I've been kind of exclusively working in the, in the data and analytics space. Uh, and uh, and that's what we are kind of taking on with with grid today. So you know, went from I, I still I still love you know the countryside and the outdoors and and uh, try to go there as much as possible. But uh, computers and kind of software and building companies has become my life. If you don't know, uh, this is your fifth uh, company as a founder. I mean, uh, amazing. Uh, I think often I, I guess it, it depends on the founder journey. But I mean, certainly like, this is my first, uh, and sometimes. I feel like, you know, after this one is done, I wouldn't do a, a second or a, or a third, you know, but uh, you, you, you never know. Maybe you get that itch uh, at some point. Um, and there are, there are obviously there are a few people that I know that have you know, founded five companies uh, uh, and so on. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how many were successful? How many were not successful uh, out of the five? Yep, that's a, that's a fair question. So uh, actually, none of them has gone entirely belly up, but you could say that one was a failure for sure. Uh, that was uh, my that was my second one. Uh, you know, we were we were building that out in the dot com uh, days, and uh, you know, took on way too much funding, hired way too much, uh, way too many people, and kind of just basically ran way too fast and and ran into the ground relatively at a relatively fast pace. Uh, that that would be the kind of uh, only one that I would consider a failure. But the first uh, three were, you know, the, well, the first one and the third one were fairly small. Uh, I exited both of them actually, and and kind of with a, a decent outcome for myself, but uh, very small. So uh, I think that you can say that you know the the uh, the fourth company called Data Market that I started back in 2008 uh, that was then uh, acquired by BI company Click in 2014. Uh, at a at a, a price of fifteen million dollars, after kind of taking in about two million dollars in funding, uh, was the first kind of really significant uh, exit. And now uh, here we are at a, you know at, at least uh, you know two and a half years into the journey with Grid, uh, and this is by far the kind of the biggest foundation or kind of the the, the uh, yeah we could call it the, the biggest foundation I've I've stood on so far in my uh, in my life as a founder. 
what, what, what is it then about you that makes you want to do this for the fifth time um, and not, I don't know, take, take it easy or go back to the countryside and, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, to chill out? Yeah, no, so I, I get a lot of joy out of, you know, seeing my ideas, uh, you know, come to life. Uh, that That is basically my drive uh, in life. And uh, this is a way to do that. Uh, I've also not, I mean, I've learned a lot from the, from the couple of stints I've done working from others that have in both cases actually been uh, working for an acquirer of, of my own company. But I, I don't particularly enjoy kind of big company life or, or the corporate life. So this this just, you know, I guess if you go by the kind of 10,000 hour rule, this is, you know, this is the, the one that I've spent the most time on and hopefully I'm, I'm kind of getting better at it uh, with time. So, so uh, yeah, it, it just, there, there's a lot to pull to it. There, there are so many things to like about uh, starting companies. There are obviously a lot of hard things as well. And maybe the thing that has surprised me the most is that, you know, Whereas if I look back, you know, 20 plus years when I was starting my first one, where it was just, you know, four techies together uh, in a very small room, uh, coding more or less 24 hours a day, uh, to today where, we, you know, we currently have 25 people here uh, at Grid. And I take a lot of, uh, I actually take a lot of pride and joy in, you know, bringing people together and kind of just the people management side of it, kind of empowering the team and kind of making sure that everybody's aligned on on the vision and where we're going and, you know, uh, figuring out the best ways of working together, which are constantly changing as you grow and, and so on. So that part of it is uh, is new in, in some ways and kind of at least, you know, it's, it's a new thing I, I enjoy. And maybe that's actually what kind of makes it so uh, fun is that even though you are, even as the CEO and founder of the same company, you, you, you know, you may have the same title of the same company, but your job changes every few months uh, anyway, because you're taking on different things at the different parts of the journey. Yeah, 100% agree. You, you mentioned there 25 people. Um, can you share any other kind of data, like how much you've raised, if you've raised, um, you know, anything around sort of, you know, growth and revenue and, uh, and so on? Yeah. So uh, we are, like I said before, we're two and a half years into the into journey and actually just about to launch our product uh, commercially in about two weeks. Uh, the um, We've taken in in total uh, $15.5 million. Uh, and that the latest one being a $12 million Series A uh, that was led by NEA uh, out of the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, Great, uh, great investors, and we've had kind of, you know, we've been very lucky with the, uh, with the uh, investors and shareholders we've gotten uh, on board so far. Anywhere from the angel round, which was pretty distribu- distributed, but we got a lot of, uh, you know, people in that round that I had worked with before, and I knew would kind of bring value to it in addition to the to the money, uh, well connected in the space, and and uh, you know, lots of good advice. To then uh, the seed round that we did uh, in early 2019, uh, led by Blue Yard uh, out of Berlin, uh, and then uh, you know now the Series A. So uh, we have, like I said, raised in total. Uh, uh, actually, it's 16 and a half, sorry, not 15 and a half. Uh, and uh, you know we are uh, we've been drawing on that to kind of build the uh, initial version of the product. We've been in beta for about a year now uh, and learned obviously a lot from that. Uh, and uh, now we are uh, ready. For, for prime time. Awesome. And, and so let, let's talk about, like, uh, I guess, a little bit, you know, why you founded it. What, what is the problem that Grid is solving? Uh, yeah. And then what, why is it that, let's say, uh, obviously, um, it, it's not necessarily typical, but it happens, obviously, in this, in this case, 
that you you know raise a lot of money in you know Series A uh, you know before the commercial launch. So what is it about like why big investors like NEA are coming in and they're excited, you know, about this this product? So if you can uh, perhaps answer those two questions. So why I found it? What's the problem? Why are the investors getting excited about this? Yep. So um, uh, Grid is basically, we, we set out to, to rethink the ways, you know, ordinary people, just, you know, everyday business people work with, with uh, data and numbers. Uh, and uh, that is a journey that has to start with spreadsheets because that's where kind of people are, are, are working with data and numbers today. Uh, if, you know, uh, if you, anybody has to do anything with, with data, so the first thing that fire up is, is the spreadsheet and they start, you know, collecting small databases, building models, uh, you know, doing analysis and even kind of building small business processes using spreadsheets. Uh, and um, the, the kind of the uh, where this comes from is that I, I mentioned before I started the company called Data Market in 2008. Uh, data market was an early data as a service company uh, and what we were doing was essentially aggregating data from all sorts of uh, public and private uh, data sources of mainly quantitative information so you know the local census bureaus and statistics offices and the un and uh, world bank and basically any pro provider of socioeconomic uh, and uh, uh, and similar data uh, and uh, Data market was then acquired by BI company Click in, in 2014. And one of the things that I realized, you know, uh, very soon after joining Click, is here I am at kind of one of the companies that is leading the the self-service revolution on the kind of BI and analytics side, uh, together with Tableau and, and Power BI. And I believe these three are still kind of the three leaders in that in that space. And these are supposed to be or are some of the more approachable tools in that space. But they're still power user tools. There are a few people in every organization organization that really learn how to use them and utilize them and they become the go-to people uh, servicing maybe 10 to 50 other people within the organization when it comes to anything that has to be, uh, be done with data and, and then you know so it, it isn't kind of quite as uh, it isn't quite as self-service or widespread as as uh, you would like you would like it to be uh, and uh, you know then when you look at what everybody else is doing they, they're just using their spreadsheets and I felt that there's a gap here between kind of the, the spreadsheet users that are taking care of a lot of their everyday needs when it comes to data and, and even kind of simple IT tasks using spreadsheets and then these power user, user tools that we're looking at here be it kind of BI tools in, in that space or kind of uh, database tools somewhere else and so on so what if we could bring a tool that would allow people to use their existing spreadsheet skills, even their existing spreadsheets and workflows, but do something more with that. So Grid is essentially a tool for anyone that has pulled together data uh, or built a model in a spreadsheet. And now there comes a time that you have to present that to someone else. And that is something that the spreadsheet isn't terribly well built to, to do. Uh, so uh, at the same time, uh, only 12% of people say that they built their spreadsheets mainly for themselves. So, you know, the inverse of that would be that 88% of them are, are kind of faced with this regularly. And that's when you start either kind of, you know, either emailing around a spreadsheet uh, with, you know, uh, the loss of control that you get and kind of often a lot of work that goes into preparing the, the spreadsheet before you're ready to email it out or kind of copy pasting of stuff uh, from spreadsheets into PowerPoints and PDFs uh, for distribution and for the narrative and for control over how people consume it. Uh, so we... 
but essentially stepping into that and saying, oh, that doesn't make any sense. You know, this is the, this is the you know, uh, when you are distributing uh, spreadsheets in this way, they're not mobile friendly. You are not in control over, over the distribution. You have very little control over the narrative and how people are uh, you know, consuming the data. And these things are kind of tedious to, to do and tedious to make. Uh, and let alone kind of uh, keep them up to date as kind of new data comes in and uh, you have to build for new scenarios and so on. So we essentially built a solution, a web-based solution that plugs on top of existing spreadsheets, be that Excel or Google Sheets, uh, and uh, then allows you to build uh, beautiful interactive web pages on, on top of that. Uh, uh, and you know, put a narrative uh, around that, and then share that out uh, to to the audience that you that you want to disseminate that with. The the bigger here, uh, the bigger reason, and kind of in in some ways, uh, this is already uh, addressing a, a big issue for spreadsheet users. But because you asked, kind of, what is it that the the investor investors see in this, is that. Uh, there is a uh, there is an even bigger kind of uh, problem out there, which is you probably seen kind of you know because the spreadsheet is a go-to tool for so many tasks within the organization. Uh, it also means that every single organization has what I like to call kind of a spreadsheet fabric. So there's a lot of spreadsheets lying on people's local computers or out on their cloud services or, or wherever. Nobody knows exactly where they are, who has access to them, what they do, but they do run the business. Uh, and uh, I would go as far as saying there's probably more proprietary data and business logic in spreadsheets than there is in the formal IT systems like the CRM and the ERP systems and so on. And, you know, if that's true or if it's even remotely true, then that is may actually be one of the, the bigger opportunities in, in kind of business software to try to help organizations kind of get, uh, uh, you know, get uh, a little bit better view and hold on that without taking away the, the power that the end users get from being able to serve themselves without having to go to IT or wait for the BI uh, department or whomever for the tasks that they can take care of themselves using spreadsheets. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of nodding along there. Um, certainly, I, I know the, the feeling, but maybe also the pain of, you know, pretty much everybody, every department within the business uh, running a lot of their department on a spreadsheet when we do have, you know, other tools and so on. And then there, there all these kind of silos, I guess, of data and, you know, uh, information and, and, and thinking of like better ways of, of doing that. So um, very interesting to see, obviously, how, you know, Grid can, can solve that problem, which I think is one, as you say, like pretty much every business has, which then, as you say, leads into, you know, how the investors can get excited about a big problem uh, and a big market for, for that problem. How, how did um, NEA... For instance, how did the how did this deal happen? How did they find you? Did you reach out to the investor, or did they get a tip off about you know something you know great founders in Iceland working on a really big problem? How how did that come about? Uh, so, as for them in particular, we got introduced to them by uh, by a actually by another VC fund that we had been talking to. Uh, but, you know, we, this was a process that we went into, you know, very deliberately. So we, we were going to raise a Series A and kind of went out, starting to prepare that in early, early 2020, uh, you know, had uh, pretty good data early on from kind of the early beta that we had. We knew this was, uh, you know, this was, you know, we we're obviously pre-revenue, uh, but at the same time had a lot of proof points and a really big uh, problem and market to kind of 
talk about and, and some proof points that we, we actually had something that might fly in that market. So we felt we were in a fairly good situation there. Uh, started kind of preparing the uh, the uh, materials and and uh, you know uh, setting up some of the kind of meetings to to start meet and and meet with investors uh, and actually pull together a fairly long list of uh, of those to reach out to and, and then you know funnily enough I was I was literally about to fly to San Francisco on the weekend that the U.S. closed down so uh, I had lined up I, I think about a dozen meetings or so in San Francisco to talk to some of the West Coast. Uh, VCs, and then all of a sudden, like that doesn't happen. However, you know, many of them had actually already said that they would rather do it on Zoom, so uh, it, it wouldn't have made any sense to fly over there and kind of you know meet with them over Zoom from a from a hotel room in in California. So I just kind of shifted my my, um, my day around a little bit and uh, did all the meetings from here. I've all but one actually kept the meeting, but as you can imagine, those meetings were mostly about you know COVID and what it means for fundraising and what it means for the world and, and so on. Um, and uh, you know, we weren't too sure about what would happen there, but then you know as we've all seen in 2020, it actually turned out that the uh, the VC market and or the capital markets and uh, and VC. Uh, um, you know, included has been more lively than maybe ever before. Uh, it was just different, and we were we were so early in this process that it was actually kind of the process was for many of the VC funds. We were the first company that they they took uh, you know through the through the hoops uh, in this kind of new new era. Uh, so all in all, I think we had about 110 funds listed where we had some connections or we had. Uh, or we had, uh, you know, we, we knew that they might be interested in something like this. Uh, ended up talking to about 70 of them. And by talking to, I mean, have at least a half an hour call with them. And then, you know, this, uh, this is, you know, this is a sales process. So you kind of, you, some of them are just, you know, you figure out on the first call, they're not a fit, either they're not investing in this stage, or they're not kind of don't have an appetite for this type of deal or, or something like that. For others, kind of, it, it, it takes you further, and you, you work this a little bit like a sales process, where you know you can think about these 110 as leads, then you qualify them, you take them through the stages, uh, and uh, it's not that different from kind of any any other sales process, maybe on the ent more enterprisey end of, of the spectrum. Uh, the the good thing in many ways is that. Um, when you have a, a lead investor, so basically as, as soon as you've sold uh, one. Uh, then you know it's the the deal is more or less done. You don't have to sell more. Uh, and uh, you know my experience, both in in this case and in many many others, is that actually once you have a lead, and especially if you have a strong lead, then the the, the rest of it is relatively relatively easy and straightforward. Uh, so, but it was I mean this is a, a roller coaster for sure. Uh, so you know most of most of the funds you talk to end up saying no for one reason or another. Uh, you know, some of them for, uh, you know, some of them aren't like we talked about before, aren't a match. Some of them don't believe in what you're doing. Some of them kind of you don't believe the market is, uh, is big enough or that you can pull it off. And especially at this kind of early stage, you have to be ready to go from one meeting where, uh, you know, one disappointing meeting to kind of meeting somebody for the first time immediately, uh, you know, when you when you leave that meeting and you have to be ready to be energized and talk, uh, you know, about Talk about things in uh, in a lively fashion again. So uh, it's emotionally draining uh, in many ways. But you know, all of the good funds 
you know, and actually most people in the space are, are in it for all the right reasons. So you learn a lot from every single call. Uh, you probably learn most from the people that take you through the process a little bit and then decline because they've really given it a thought and they have reasons for uh, for turning you down or for not doing it. Uh, and you, you listen to that, you learn, you adapt and, and so on. Um, the uh, NEA in particular, we actually, we um, were, we'd been in the process for a few weeks when we first got in touch with them. And that actually happened, like I said before, uh, through an introduction from another VC fund, a European fund that you know didn't invest, just simply on principle, didn't invest in pre-revenue companies. But they had connections into NEA and said, hey, you know, we, we're not going to do this, but I know this guy here at uh, NEA, and I think uh, they might be interested. And uh, had a call with them, uh, you know, got along with the associates that we started talking with right away, super smart uh, people. They brought in a partner. That partner was actually an early investor in Tableau back in 2003 or four, uh, And uh, he... I think he patterned much a little bit, kind of saw some of the same things in, in us as, uh, as he saw in Tableau back then. Uh, and uh, it actually went really fast. I think it was five weeks from the first call until we had the term sheet signed. Uh, and then, you know, legal takes a little, a little while after that and so on, but we got it closed last summer and, uh, you know, super happy about that. And, uh, you know, fantastic partners in, in NEA in, in every way. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, great name to, uh, to have him boards. Um... So uh, congrats on that, and, and so being uh, one of the first, or, or certainly for, for, for NEA to to be a, a virtual investment or a you know the Zoom investment. I I I, I recollect that um, obviously when you know uh, Europe or the world was going through that kind of that first wave of COVID, and it's, we pivoted to doing online conferences and speaking to the VCs that were participating. You know, a lot of them saying that well, look, you know, we don't believe. That we'll be investing, you know, over Zoom uh, without meeting the founder, and right. then very shortly afterwards, they were making their first investments. And then I'm I'm hearing from a few to saying, well, look, actually, you know, this is so much more efficient um, that we're not necessarily sure if it will, or, you know, go back uh, to that way. But so, you know, that's only uh, anecdotal from a uh, from a few VCs that we're speaking to. But uh, I think certainly in some ways it, it has improved the efficiencies, as you said, for yourself. You didn't have to fly to San Francisco and be out of the office for a week, and uh, you, you know, do all these kind of various trips and uh, and, and so on. Um, but they're also like you, you know, there are different benefits from meeting in person uh, uh, as well, which also a lot of us I think miss, uh, yeah. quite frankly. Uh, absolutely, and and I, there were some funny like uh, because the funds were like they were new as new at this as well, so they were trying to come up with all sorts of you know innovative things to make up for it. Like you know, let's do a coffee where we don't like don't talk about business. We just you know get to know each other. And uh, I think there was a I think one of them actually proposed that we would do a dinner together, but you know the time zone difference was was uh, pretty high, and and we thought you know ended up thinking it, it would be a little bit awkward. So we found other ways to kind of to get that type of connection going. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, I, I still think that when we can, I, I doubt that a lot of things will get closed unless people meet in person, or at least, you know, uh, not to the degree that happened last year and is still happening, uh, just because it, it, there is still a benefit to look somebody in the eye and kind of, you know, spend some time with them, have a meal with them and, and, and so on. But uh, certainly kind of the, the earlier stages, I think will, you know, 
will continue to be largely uh, virtual and uh, that's beneficial for, for everyone. There's just more coverage as well. I mean, one thing I think we saw, it was already happening, but we saw more and more uh, US VCs looking, looking at Europe. And I think that last year, the playing field was leveled uh, a lot more because you know, it didn't really matter whether you were on a Zoom call with somebody uh, in Europe or some, some, somebody somewhere else in California for, for the West Coast uh, VCs. So you mentioned you're, you're soon to be going into your commercial uh, launch, right? Um, so why, um, I guess, question one, why be in beta for such a long period then rather than do a kind of, you know, a lean kind of process and get an MVP out uh, <clears throat> and so on? Um, I mean, I guess, is it the complexity of the problem or, you know, what, I guess I'll let you answer what, what, why, you know, be in beta for, for so long? Um, and then now you're going to the commercial launch. What is that launch plan? What does, you know, 2021 kind of look like to, to get this product in the hands, you know, of the world of the people that are having these problems, uh, like businesses like mine? Yeah. So uh, on the first part there, kind of why, why so long? So in some ways, I think we've actually been, even before we started writing a line of code, we've been doing a lot of experimentation. So we've, we've been very experimental and we've made sure that we've gotten this into the hands of potential users, even from, you know, from before the first line of code was, was written. However, there are essentially three hard problems that we had to solve from the technology standpoint and make sure that we were getting them, them right. Uh, in order to fulfill our mission. The first one is we, we've actually built our own spreadsheet engine. It's an Excel-compatible Excel engine, meaning that you can take your existing Excel and you know, to the degree that they are compatible uh, Google Sheets uh, models, and you can run them in our engine. Uh, however, this is an engine that runs entirely in the browser, which allows for super fast interaction uh, and uh, you know, allows us to deliver uh, an experience that people have generally not seen on, on top of uh, their spreadsheets before. And that was pretty key to, to what we wanted to do because with the spreadsheet engine, we can also expand on that. We can kind of do things. When we control the engine, we can add things onto it that other engines uh, are not doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, spreadsheet engines are, are fairly compli uh, complicated things. This is, so I, I like to say, you know, there's actually real computer science involved in, in kind of what we're doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, getting that right was, uh, was one problem to solve. Number two, uh, we are aiming at a, uh, you know, at the everyday business user. So getting the user experience right so that people feel familiar in the product coming from, you know, products like the office suite or, uh, or some of the kind of consumer, more consumer-like uh, online products uh, was absolutely key to this. Uh, we, it's a pretty powerful editor that we built to allow people to build web documents on top of the spreadsheets that they, they have already put together. Uh, and uh, editors are, are hard. They, you know, just they're hard to build and hard to get right. And, you know, they're actually not hard to get working, but they're really hard to get kind of so that you, you kind of get the feeling right. So it just feels like everything is doing the right thing for you. And, and probably the most, you know, development time has actually gone into getting that part right. The third part then was to solve for the fact that we are uh, building a solution that lies on top of existing spreadsheets. And uh, a lot of those spreadsheets are already stored in the cloud, you can use Grid if you can just upload things from your computer, but then you may have to re-upload and kind of re-synchronize uh, the data. But if you have it in the cloud, we seamlessly synchronize uh, with the underlying data. So getting the 
uh, integrations, right, with, you know, with OneDrive, with Google Sheets, and, uh, and actually with Dropbox as well, if you're storing your files there, uh, was also quite a lot of work, but uh, feels absolutely magical. You can be working on uh, a grid document on top of a spreadsheet, and then if somebody makes a change to the underlying data, the data just pops up in front of you, whether you are the author authoring it or, uh, or uh, somebody in the audience actually looking at the data. So the latest data will just be available uh, there quite magically, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's sometimes funny when you're editing, you're not used to editing things on your local computer and that then just having effect on something that lives on the web. Uh, but, uh, you know, absolutely key to, to the experience we're trying to deliver here. Uh, amazing. And, and in terms of the, uh, the, the launch kind of this year, um, you, you know, uh, the, the first things that you're going to do in terms of getting to market, um, what, 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 is, what is the plan? Yep. So we are, uh, so we, we are going to market in, uh, with a freemium model. Uh, everything that, you know, the grid is already in open beta. So everything that people see in the, in the free version today will remain free, but we're adding some premium features. But essentially, uh, there are two main areas that we're focusing on there. Uh, number one is giving people a better way of seeing how their documents are being used. So, you know, who is viewing them? What are some of the assumptions that people are, are making kind of when they're interacting with the, with the models that they've created and so on? And the second one is, is embedding. Uh, so, uh, and that's actually where I think and where we're seeing some of the early traction is that people can bring in a spreadsheet model that they've already built. Uh, use Grid to build a UI on top of that, and then take that and embed uh, that into their own web uh, web pages, or into their PowerPoints, or into uh, you know their uh, their uh, you know on uh, their internal wikis, you know Confluence or or you know Notion or whatever you have, and um, and that is that is something that you know there simply is no other way to do that. So today, if you want to build an embedded calculator, for example. Uh, you either have to build it in, in you know, from scratch and fairly uh, basic tools that are available online, or you have to you know, hire a web agency to recode something that you already have as a spreadsheet, uh, but you know, in, in, in uh, JavaScript and kind of with web development tools to, to actually kind of create uh, that. And you know, it's easily uh, you know, $10,000 or more to just create a, a simple calculator. Uh, we are seeing kind of people with, with grit, you know, uh, uh, a skin doctor in Singapore that just comes in already has like a diagnostic model uh, goes in in the first hour he's already building kind of a diagnostic tool and then embedding that in the website of his clinic there's absolutely no other way that uh, that type of person would be able to to do something uh, on their own without a lot or you know and without a lot of cost and so, and so the, the, like these are um, so the, you've got the freedom model and the the, the, the embedded sort of uh, model for uh, I guess users to uh, to adopt. But how are you going to acquire those customers? Like how are they going to find you? You know, is it kind of word of mouth? Is it you know we've got a like a product led growth strategy using content, paid ads, uh, or, or so on? Yeah, well, the the good thing about uh, Grid is that the reason you want to make a Grid document is that you want to show it to someone else. So you know the the, the uh, you you take your spreadsheet, you build a great document on top of it because you are communicating it. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's already kind of a little bit of that built into the product that uh, you, if you are a, a user, you will be exposing others to the product as well. Uh, and you know, people say that there are two things that uh, are needed for a product-led product growth strategy. One is that, yes, there is inherently something in the product that 
makes uh, uses CO2 or introduces it to others. And secondly, that there is a, a big market. And you know, talking about big markets, there are there aren't a lot of markets bigger than the spreadsheet market with about billion users of spreadsheets uh, in the world already. So we're going for product-led growth for this initial stage um, where you know, a, a lot of it happens through self-service. We're obviously relying on uh, tools like uh, online marketing, uh, search engine optimization and, and marketing as well. Uh, but more to kind of seed the, the, the flywheel. We are, we're already seeing and kind of trying to optimize obviously for the behaviors that will multiply, uh, you know, they will put the multiplier on, uh, you know, all of the, all of the top of funnel work that we, that we do. Uh, we are, you know, so, so self-service product-led growth to begin with. Uh, and then this year, in many ways, we're actually more uh, focused on building usage and building kind of the user base than uh, on the revenue number, even though we have some, you know, modest expectations on, on that front uh, for this year as well. But we are, we're also going to be building up more team features in the product, thinking more about, okay, what does it actually look like if you're a part of a team, you know, one of those teams that you mentioned, one of these departments that are, you know, largely driven by spreadsheets, you know, how are people sharing them? Who is editing them? What are some of the workflows and how can we facilitate some of those? And as we step into that space, we'll probably kind of start moving up the ladder a little bit from entirely, you know, relying on self-service and product-led growth to inside sales, at least. And then, you know, eventually, you know, to take on the really big opportunity that I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you know, where we start to try to kind of maybe uh, reconcile some of the friction between, uh, you know, the people at the edge of the enterprise that are getting stuff done in, in spreadsheets and then the central functions like IT and management and auditing and so on that don't like the spreadsheet at all. Uh, you know, that, that, that will become a, a proper enterprise product with you know enterprise sales whatever enterprise sales actually looks like in in uh, you know the post-covid world awesome well, uh, two two final questions uh one um as a ceo of a five-time founder you know it's, it likely gets easier i think as you, you kind of intimated at the beginning because you, you you're getting better you're putting the ten thousand hours in um you, you know and, and becoming the uh the outlier or the you know the expert um but it's still never that easy, right? Uh, building, growing the business, being a CEO. Uh, how do you stay healthy and sane? Um, you know, to you know, put in the effort and you know the hours and overcome the problems. What what is your way of staying healthy and sane as a CEO of a company? Yeah. So I actually uh, and uh, this this definitely comes back to what I mentioned. Like when when we when I was twenty, we were just you know coding twenty four twenty four seven, and and now I think actually great for you know for a company at its age and its size i think we we're pretty good overall with just work-life balance uh you know people are working hard but they aren't necessarily working long hours uh, and we are you know we are making sure that we're organized enough and aligned well enough to to get stuff done without that having to take up you know all of our time and you know that's the only sustainable way really uh, as for myself, I, you know, I uh, like to, I like to run. I play basketball. Uh, I'm lucky enough to, uh, we actually have been able to play basketball in Iceland for about two months now after COVID. So, so that's, that's good. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I also, uh, you know, make sure that I, I take time off. I, I actually, I actually often find that, you know, you want to put in the hours and you often end up doing kind of put, put in, putting in some hours on, on the weekends and so on. And obviously kind of usually, usually do. 
But I sometimes find that, you know, the best ideas and the kind of real solutions come if you really take the time off and kind of take your mind off work for a little bit. And then when you come back to it, it's like, you know, both the priorities are easier to discern, but also the, the, uh, they're easier to solve. 100% on that. I mean, certainly I, I'm one that probably doesn't take enough time off, but I do notice that my good ideas come when I'm like walking the dog in the morning before work. And they're not often when I'm at work because then you're kind of often overwhelmed by, you know, the things that you kind of need to do. So it's kind of when you get that, I don't know, that that mental quiet or whatever, it, it's when the, the, the good ideas uh, come up. Um, um, so definitely good advice there. Where can the listeners uh, get their hands on grid? Is it, I mean, as you said, it's coming available soon. Is it, is it ready now? Can, uh, if people are interested, where, where can they sign up? Yeah, so we are we are in open beta, so you can go to grid.is, that's G-R-I-D.is, uh, already today and, and sign up. Uh, the premium features I mentioned will be coming live on uh, March 23rd, um, and uh, that's the that's the official commercial launch. And then we have a lot of stuff uh, on the shelves ready to be released in the last in the, in the coming few months. So uh, yeah, it should be a, a very interesting year ahead for us. Amazing, exciting times. Well. Kjalmar Gisvarsson, CEO of Grid, thanks so much for being such a fascinating guest. Really uh, excited to, to see the product uh, and, and track your progress. Um, and uh, you know, fingers crossed you're the next Tableau click or, uh, or, or more. Um, and uh, so, uh, so best of luck with that. We'll be, uh, we'll be watching. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS Doc conferences around the world.